0: coming up now on Established in the Faith. I don't enjoy having to preach the way I do. I wish I could preach messages of love all the time and have people call me up and pat me on the back and and, and just preach the love and grace of God. But at the same time, I must warn you of when there's death in the pot. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Kings. The book of 2 Kings, chapter 4. 2 Kings, chapter 4, verse 38, reading the same passage we read last week. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servants, Set on the great pot, and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. And he said, Then bring meal, and he cast it into the pot, and he said, Pour out for the people that they may eat, and there was no harm in the pot. And I want to continue with what we started last week, death in the pot. Turn in your Bible, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Before Israel entered into the promised land, God told Israel, Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, All of these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Move down, if you will, to verse 38. Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field, but gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. Thou shalt plant vineyards and dress them, but the worms shall eat them. Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all thy coast, but the olive shall cast his fruit. All thy trees and fruit of the land shall the locust consume. Folks, this is what God said would happen if we will not hearken to his word. At the time of our text today, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 38, the Bible says there was a dearth in the land. This famine was but an echo of their spiritual condition, which the same can be said of our nation today. On December the 13th of 2022, President Joe Biden signed into law H.R. 8404, which is the Respect for Marriage Act. Sounds good. But it forces every state in the union to recognize same-sex marriages as being legal. If you're a homosexual listening to me today, I do not have one derogatory word to say against you as an individual. You as a child of God, as a Christian, should not have one derogatory word to say to a homosexual to put them down in any way, shape, form, or fashion. God loves the homosexual just like he loves anyone else. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die for all mankind, whether you're a heterosexual, a homosexual, whether you're black, white, pink, polka-dotted, or whatever you are, Jesus Christ came into the world and died for your sins. And you and I should love the homosexual. But... Along with that, as with anyone else, we must stand for what the Word of God says. And we must share the warnings that are in God's Word that are for everybody, not just for a select group of people, but for every man, woman, boy, and girl. And here's what God has to say about a homosexual Lifestyle, Leviticus 20, in verse 13, God said, If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. Now the world looks at same-sex marriages as being an act of love. But God said, It is an abomination. It is an abhorrence. It is disgusting in his sight. And I, as a preacher of the Word of God, I stand for what the Word of God says. If the Word of God says it's right, I'm going to preach it. If the Word of God says it's wrong, then I'm going to have to preach that as well. It makes no difference who you are. Somebody told me the other day, said, Brother James, I really enjoyed the program. I said, I'm glad you do. But if it won't for Friendship Church allowing me to preach what God has said in his word, this radio program would not be what it is. I preach what God tells me to preach, and y'all let me preach. A lot of churches out here today won't let the preacher preach. He's got to walk a fine line or else we'll pull that paycheck. We'll cut his lights off. We'll cut the gas off. We'll cut the water off. One preacher the other week in a particular church, they voted him out because he would only preach from the King James Version. You think of that. But the sin of homosexuality in this nation is just one Of many things going on in our nation today that violates the word of God. Unless we repent. The famine that we're experiencing in our nation right now will continue. And it's only going to get worse. But I got a question. How can Israel of old experience a famine? With Elisha, who was the, one of the greatest prophets who ever lived. How could they be in such spiritual condition? You see, Elisha sat under the tutelage of Elijah for ten years. He asked God for a double portion of Elijah's spirit and God granted it and he performed twice the miracles as that of Elijah. Elisha headed up a school for the prophets and no doubt those prophets went out all over Israel preaching the Word of God and yet At this particular time of which I've just read to you today, the Bible says there was dearth in the land. How can that be? How can somebody grow up in the church all their life and then turn their back on God? How can that happen? I can't wrap my mind around that. How can one sit under the ministry of Jesus Christ for three and a half years, never miss the service, saw the miracles that he performed, and yet betray the Lord Jesus Christ, Judas? How can that happen? I don't have all the answers to that, ladies and gentlemen. But I do know that free will plays a part in that. Not everybody that hears the Word of God is going to accept it. Second Kings 4 verse 38. The Bible says that the sons of the prophets were sitting before Elisha and he said unto his servant set on the great pot and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets now his servant no doubt had made this pottage before it was not anything new friend of mine called me the other day I hadn't heard from him in years he said brother James said I heard you preaching on the radio today. He said, you're preaching the same thing today that you did 20 years ago. I said, thank God. Thank you, brother, for saying that. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ does not change. The Word of God does not change. This world may change. The government may change laws. And and there are men out there who are changing what the Bible says. But the original text of God's Word has not changed changed ladies and gentlemen and it will not change god is the same yesterday today and forever there was nothing new in the pot now if you come here to friendship church and you're expecting to hear something new i'm sorry there's not going to be anything new it's going to be the same stew every week Jesus Christ and him crucified the problem of that day the famine that was in the land elisha's answer was to set on the great pot and folks i'm stirring up the big pot i said i'm stirring up the big pot I got a dear lady that listens to the radio program. She sent me a letter this week. She said, Brother James, keep meddling, keep stirring the pot. As the Lord leads me to do so, I'm going to do it. Everything we need is in the pot. Everything we need is in God's Word. 2 Peter 1, verse 3. The Bible says, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us unto grace and virtue. The first two chapters in the Bible deals with creation and man, the creation of man. Chapter 3 deals with the fall of mankind and how God promised that a Redeemer would come. The rest of your Bible deals with the coming of the promised Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, except for the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation tells us what's going to happen in this world in the future. But it is quick to let us know that these things will not happen were it not for the slain lamb, which points to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you telling me, Brother James? I'm telling you this. The story of the Bible is the story of the cross. Sadly and regrettably in a lot of our churches today, the cross is just window dressing. The cross is just something you wear around your neck or an emblem that you wear on your t-shirt or a piece of jewelry or something of that nature. It is not. The cross of Christ is the greatest demonstration of power that mankind has ever known because it was there at the cross that Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave. He did it for you and I. The pottage was right. Everything that was needed was in that pot. But the Bible says there was one, 2 Kings 4 verse 39, there was one that was not satisfied with the pottage. The Bible says that one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine. And gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full. Came and shred them into the pot of pottage and they knew it not. There are many out there today that are not satisfied with what God has said in his word. They're not satisfied with what God has provided. And they feel the need to add to the pottage. They feel the need to sweeten the pot. Well, let me tell you what the Word of God says. Revelation 22, verse 18. The Bible says, I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. He went on to say in verse 19, If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Listen to this. According to the American Bible Society in 2009, there were approximately 900 different English translations of the Bible. I'm not talking about the, the, the original text being translated into multitudinous languages all around the world. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the English language alone. 900 different versions of the Bible, and every one of them has a copyright. In order to get a copyright, you've got to change some things. In order to get a copyright, you've got to change the original. What did God say about changing His Word? What did He say about adding to? What did He say about taking from? You see, these different translations of the Bible today, they are thought-for-thought translations. They are paraphrases. But my friend, when you hold a King James... Bible in your hand. It is the closest thing to the original text. What do you mean by original text? The Bible was written in the Hebrew and Greek language, and it was translated into our English. And it is as close to the original text, the English language, the King James Bible, it is translated as close to the original text as you can get. Now I admit some things have been translated over a little clumsy, and it can be a little hard to read sometimes. But if you'll go to the author of the book, which is God which is the Holy Ghost, which Jesus said he would send when he ascended to the Father. He said, I'm going to send you another comforter, and he will teach you all things. If you'll go to the one that wrote the book, the Holy Ghost moved upon the men of old, and they wrote as God gave them the words to write. And if you'll go to the one that wrote the book, and you'll talk to him, he'll open up this book to you, and he'll help you to understand what is written therein. A lot of people are going to church today with a religious book. They're not going to church with a Bible. They're going to church with what men say the Bible says. And you say, well, Brother James, it helps me understand the Word. It's helping you understand something, but is it the Word? You better get you a good King James Bible. And compare what you're reading to the King James and make sure that what you're reading is the Word of God. You better make sure it's accurate. Because if you're reading something wrong, there's death in your pot. Are you hearing me? There's death in the pot. And the Bible says they knew it not. Verse 39. How many are partaking of that which they think is right, but it's poison? They're deceived. As they were eating of the pottage, verse 40, they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there's death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. About a year after Dane and I was married, we celebrated our anniversary and went to the mountains, went camping. Pulled my daddy's old pop-up camper up there. It was in late October when we went. That wind was coming off that mountain, boy, something fierce. And like I said, we got the camper all set up. I got a campfire started, and I was cooking hamburgers on the grill. And Dana handed a pot out the door to the camper. She said, James, about get me a pot of water. I said, sure. So I got her some, some water and handed back in the door. Didn't think nothing about it. Went on back to cooking my hamburgers. And they were good, too. Enjoyed them hamburgers. but later on that night, we got the heat going in that, that camper, and it was dry. My mouth was dry as cotton. <laughs> About two thirty three o'clock in the morning, mouth just stuck together. and then I remembered I gave Dana a pot of water earlier in the evening. So I got out of bed and I got me a cup and put some ice in it. and Got that pot and poured me some water in there, boy, and took me a big old swig of it. And, brother, it was on for the next hour. They want enough M&Ms in the world to get rid of that taste. Well, you say, well, what in the world happened, brother James? Dana had washed an onion in that pot and hadn't poured it out. And here I am, three o'clock in the morning, taking a big old swig of it. If you're having trouble waking up in the morning, don't get no coffee. Get you a good old pot of onion water and drink it. But there was one in their midst. When he tasted of that pottage, he said, there's death in the pot. And he warned the rest of them that were there, you, you can't eat it. Brother James, why do you preach like you do? There'd be more people coming to friendship if you wouldn't be so hard. Maybe. But I've got to tell you, when the pottage don't taste right, I've got to tell you, when the water don't taste right, I don't enjoy having to preach the way I do I don't I wish I could preach messages of love all the time and have people call me up and pat me on the back and 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 just preach the love and grace of God but at the same time I must warn you of when there's death in the pot and there's a lot of people out there that don't know there's death in the pot so I'll ask people sometime you go to church oh yeah I go to church Well, see, back in the day, that meant something. But today, not so much. You see, because a church that's not preaching the cross, a church that's not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's a dangerous place ladies and gentlemen and there's a lot of people going to church right now driving down the road they're going to that which they think is right they're going to get them a big old pot of the stew this morning there's death in the pot because the preacher won't preach the truth of God's word Elisha said put some meal in the pot The meal typifies the true Word of God. Every doctrine that we hold true can be traced back and has its foundation in the finished work of Christ. And if it's not founded on the cross, if it's not founded in the Word of God, my friend, you need to leave that pot alone. Because there's death in the pot. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message just give us a call or text us at 252 299